You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. Welcome to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Diaspora Blues also airs on Tuesdays at 3.30pm on Radio Skidbrow, a community radio station in Sydney. My name is Ayan Shirwa. So we have an excellent show for you today, but to be honest, we always do, but this time around we have two guests, so this means less chatter from me and more from them. Opening the show, we have multidisciplinary artist and founder of Honesty Policy podcast, Zarak. Honesty Policy is a podcast about what happens when people get real about things that matter. And closing us off are the organizers of Urban Comedy Slam. And what is that, you ask? Well, you gotta stick around to find out. But first up, let's hear from Zarak from Honesty Policy podcast. My name is Zarak. I am... A, I'm an artist. Uh, I just want to create stuff, and I want people to feel listened to, mm. without having to talk to them in person all the time. That's that was a bad way of saying it, but yes. <laughs> no, you're being honest. Honesty policy, remember. <laughs> so, just before we went to air, I was asking you, how do you pronounce your name? And you were kind of like, it's a complicated answer mm. do you mind getting into that oh yeah sure um so because i was raised in australia um i had to like simplify the pronunciation of my name so that it could be said by everyone easily so um my mom would say um that it's sirak rhymes with mark which is incorrect it's sirak it doesn't rhyme with mark it does not rhyme with mark um, it rhymes with Sirak. <laughs> <laughs> I forced you to think on your feet. Yeah, you were you like, what, what, what's, uh, what, what rhymes with Sirak? Sirak. Sirak. Um, Birak. Birak. Dirak. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I brought you on is to talk about your wonderful podcast, Honesty Policy. Honesty Policy, is it just a podcast or is it a platform? Um, so what I want Honesty Policy to be is sort of like a... Uh, badge like a almost like how nowadays when people say they're christian um they still do all the things that are not very christian but they're still they're still a christian and they try and that's that's what's important honesty policy is just kind of saying i'm trying to be honest i'm not going to be honest all the time because i need to be safe in some situations i need to not say everything that's on my mind but i'm going to try to be honest that's what honesty policy means to me and i want that to be spread because i think the more we can just be honest with each other the more we realize we don't actually care about the things that we think we care about. 
Mm. You just said now that you want to be as honest, except in circumstances where you could get into trouble or where it's unsafe. Where you'd be safe. There are some things that might happen in your life where you don't want to talk about it because it will make you like physically break down. You know, like it make you really upset to talk about it. If someone asks you uh, what's going on, and you're not very close with that person, or you don't feel like you don't feel the trust in that person, you actually have no need to tell them. You have no obligation to be honest with them about that you can just say i don't want to talk about it and that's being honest because it's still being honest it's just not telling the whole truth it's just telling what you need to to not uh you know to keep yourself at a sane level because that's also important otherwise you can't speak so yeah oh god that's a really good point because i'm the complete opposite i say way too much and i don't know where it comes from i think it just means you trust people i think that's fine I liked what you just said, where even not telling someone everything is also honest. Mm. Not wanting to divulge everything is also you being honest with what your boundaries are. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's that's why. Yeah, a lot of the people that I've talked to about the podcast, uh, they're like, I don't know, like you know, I don't know about the the name honesty policy because it's like I don't want you know, you shouldn't be honest about everything because blah, blah blah. And I'm like, yes, you're right. You should not be honest about everything. Um, well, no, you should be honest about everything. But you should be honest about how you feel. You shouldn't feel obliged to say everything it's just uh be honest with yourself and then communicate that with other people be honest with yourself first and then that's what honesty policy really is it's being honest with yourself because you know it doesn't really matter if you lie to other people too much because um, everyone lies but okay let, let me let me let me <laughs> say let me just like <laughs> let me just uh, put out that fire real quick it doesn't matter if you lie to people just not uh small white lies aren't as big as lying to yourself about stuff that's a better way to put it yeah yeah, totally. And also, you live with yourself twenty four hours, so you've yeah. got to be able to know how far you like, how much you can reveal about yourself. Because once mm. the people leave, it's just you and your. Oh, people leave after you reveal something about yourself. They're not meant to be there. That's Has that ever happened to you? Probably. I don't think I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you very much look. If you let me go, you let me go. Yeah, and yeah. That's that's it. So, where did this idea for this podcast come from? Uh, childhood. I lied all the time. I lied to my mom. Lied to everybody. I lied all the time, and that did not end very well. Uh, so, um, after a few a few things sort of came about, where I realized that my lies had had consequences. I sort of went the complete opposite direction. I was like, I will tell the truth no matter what. I didn't last very long. I, I lied about something. I, I'm sure I lied about like what, I, what my favorite color was or something. But generally, I've, I've become a lot more honest in how I feel and how I speak to people um, since that moment of sort of feeling the consequences of lies. Because lie, like, yeah, the consequences of lies are so unnecessary, and that's what's annoying about them. Because the consequences of making a mistake, um, you learn from that. But you don't learn from a lie. You never learn from lying, ever. You just sort of get yourself into more trouble. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. The one thing in life that is completely unnecessary. Maybe I've watched too much of Oprah, but was there a light bulb moment that you had where you were kind of like, look, all this lying isn't really doing anything for me. I'm actually coming out of it worse. Mm. There was a light bulb moment. Um, it was. I don't know if I should say it, though. Only because it's it's a bit heavy. I'm I'm at a good place with it. I just don't know if people really want to hear it. I'm gonna say it anyway. Screw it. Um, <laughs> okay, so my mom passed away, and then I realized through reflecting on our relationship, we didn't have the best relationship. 
mo like a lot of it was 50-50. I mean, I was a child, so a lot more was her fault, but um 50-50 in terms of I was still being a little can I swear? No. Cool. Um I was <laughs> I was being a little annoying um person, a little child that was being very annoying. And I had my reasons, but it was still affecting a human being. And in real, because like, I lied all the time, she had no way of trusting me, and she couldn't trust me to do the things that I wanted to do. Even when, so, when I started telling the truth to her, she didn't believe me, and that was when I realized, like, oh wow, like, even though I'm telling the truth now, even though I've started saying these things, it wasn't that moment that I realized I needed to change. That was just the realize that was that was when I was like, oh man, this sucks. Um, I didn't think anything past that this sucks, but I realized it sucked. And then when she passed away, I was like, oh wait a second, if I just told the truth. This whole time, I could have could have been with her right now. Mm, totally. It's kind of like, well, what's that children's story? Crying the boy. Yeah, the who, boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Mm, I was definitely that boy. Yeah. You know, it's interesting listening to you talk. You've got things so well sorted in your head. For someone your age, you know, you're very young. I won't say how old you are. But, like, is this something that you did, working on yourself and trying to work out like why it is you do the things that you do and where it's coming from yeah absolutely um after so 2018 um was when mom passed away and from that point um there's i didn't have a dad i don't have any siblings so it was it's just me now at this point i have a lot of friends now so i, I consider them somewhat my family i don't tell them that though because um that's for when we've been friends for like 10 years and then i can say it but um until the, until then we're very close friends um, You're making them work for the yeah, price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they must earn it. Um, so yeah, like having no uh, blood relation sort of made me realize that I'm now just the beginning of my family. So every I, when I have children, they're going to be my family, and they're going to be the ones that have to listen to me. So if I'm not someone who's worth listening to, then I can't expect them to listen to me. So I have to become someone worth listening to, and that's why I um, I, I see a psychologist. I see like a bunch of different types of therapy. I um, journal. I do everything that I possibly can to understand what's going on in my brain. Yeah. And it's so hard. I mean, it's so easy for you not to do the work because I guess, I don't know if you read the book, but there's a book by Belle Hawks where she talks about black men and masculinity, where she says that there's a lot of pressure for black men to live up to a certain standard. Mm. And that standard isn't getting help, isn't talking about your feelings isn't reflecting your feelings and you've you've done that and you've done it without I guess the support that normally comes with you know getting to that mm. place so it's it's very commendable and I'm not saying that to blow gas up your you know what but <laughs> it's I think it's important to tell young people when they're doing good work that they're doing good work so let's go back to the podcast um, <laughs> yes. what has it been like creating a podcast did you know how to make one no not at all i had no idea what was going i thought i did i thought i was like yeah no, it's just microphones and people that's that's it um and essentially it is microphones and people but i also because i'm extra i wanted to add a um add a jam element so like i wanted to have people come and just be able to make music together uh while while we were making a podcast because i have i i feel like sitting and talking with someone um, and if it's in a big group, it's really hard to keep it entertaining. If it's if it's in a big group, that, that's why musical instruments are cool because then people can be doing other stuff. That didn't really work out as well as I had hoped, but it did work out in the day. It was fun in the day. It just didn't work out in the recording, so that's it's not a complete loss. I definitely put myself in way deeper than I thought I had. 
because my intention for the podcast was to sort of bring a bunch of people together and then so so I've experienced these things like um, these team team building exercises um, for throughout childhood like at different places random like camps and stuff like that and uh, I don't exactly remember where I just remember the feeling I had in those moments of being around complete strangers but doing these activities that made me feel as though I could be I could say anything to them even though um, I didn't know them so I wanted to give people that feeling because that was a really nice and calming feeling it was a feeling of being able to trust in my surroundings and that was that's something that I feel like not a lot of people get to have all the time all right so any final thoughts before I let you go any uh, um I guess follow honesty policy on SoundCloud I will be making the rest of the uh, platforms I have not done it yet because I am lazy um, until then, uh, I guess follow me on Instagram. I don't, I don't like to do that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like doing that. Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram at um, Sirakabu. Uh, you'll find me. I'm not. There aren't many Siraks. Uh, Siraks. Doesn't really matter how it's said at this point. S I R A K. S I R A K. I said that too quickly. And then I think it's underscore and then A B U. Um, but the at at the start. Don't forget the at. Actually, don't need that. All right, I'm 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 babbling. I'm babbling. Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined, or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws, or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced in Nam and played on Radio Skid Row Tuesdays at 3.30pm. Before the community announcements, we heard from artist and music producer Sirak about his podcast, Honesty Policy. The podcast is available on SoundCloud at honesty-policy. That's honesty policy. So like I said at the start of the show, we don't have time to kiki unfortunately. So let's go straight to Farah and Akwisi, the organizers of Urban Comedy Slam. We start the interview with Farah and Akwisi telling us a bit about themselves. We'll start with the real superstar. Akwisi, you kick off. Uh, sure. So my name is Akwisi. I'm a stand-up comedian in Melbourne and I've been, uh, I guess, a a comedian for about four years now. And I've started working with uh, some really great friends of mine, uh, Faz and Wem, and we decided to come up with a a comedy show that, I guess, displayed the skills and the idiosyncrasies of uh, people from the diaspora in Australia. So we decided to come up with a name and it was called the Urban Comedy Slam, where I would be the MC and we would showcase some of the best comedians in Melbourne and uh, we'll have about four or so comedians every every year so oh not every year but every show so we're looking to maybe have a few shows every couple of months so that's what we're about great thanks yeah. Akwasi I'll get Faz to add a bit to that 
Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm Fazl Farhnoor. Uh, I, um, I've only just started doing comedy this year, so I've, I've done about three open mic gigs, so don't, don't refer to me as comedian until I'm as good as a quest gets. Uh, outside of that, I run the marketing and comms for, for this show, um, and I'm co-producer of the show with Akwesi and our friend Wem, who's an apology for this conversation. Uh, Wem oversees all the operational stuff, and next time, hopefully, you get an opportunity to talk to him. Um, and uh, yeah, so we came up with the idea just because uh, Akwesi and I have always been into comedy. I mean, that's one of the things that we have in common, very much in common. Uh, we're students of comedy. Uh, we, we like to tell jokes, make jokes, tell stories. Uh, and we just thought... This would be a fantastic opportunity to showcase the, the amazing skill set of the comedians that are out there um, because there aren't actually, no, let's say the uh, comedy scene here in Melbourne is actually pretty inclusive, but um, a lot of the time, most of the comedians within the diaspora don't really get their, their shit together enough to be able to put together shows. So we thought we should uh, create a platform for people to do that. Uh, and uh, yeah, here we are today in this, in this uh, with the Urban Comedy Slam kicking off next Thursday. So I've always been, I guess, a confident human being in that uh, I played sport all my life. I'm more than happy to speak to strangers on the street. I walk up to groups of people. I'm fine with that. But for whatever reason, ever since I was young, I wasn't in high school and also at university. I was never a strong public speaker when it came to, I guess, delivering uh, whatever material that I had to in front of a, an audience. I just... I don't know, I crumbled all every single time. So it was through high school, through university. And about four and a half years ago, I thought to myself, I'm going to attack the weakest part of myself, which is for myself, which is public speaking. So I tried, um, I don't know if you've heard of Toastmasters. I yes. tried that. I tried it once. And that's where you basically, you learn how to speak in front of groups of people and um, it's it's a very warm and encouraging environment but that didn't work for me I didn't I didn't enjoy it I mean I could do it but I didn't enjoy it and so the next step was I was like I was trying to figure out another way to fight or to face this this demon shall I say so I've always loved comedy and I thought to myself well I could do comedy but then I thought, no, 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 there's no way. Like, that's just easily the scariest thing. All I want to do is just stand and talk in front of people, not have the added pressure of trying to be funny and, you know, people just standing in front of you. So I'm the kind of person that if I put my mind to something, my mind won't let me rest till I do it. So it took me two weeks of not much sleeping. I was like, all right, I guess I got to go. So I went to check out a place in Northcote and I just sat in the back and I watched the comedians and I decided to go back in a couple of weeks' time, put my name down. There was an open mic. And I had prepared some material and I thought it was okay. And when I stood on stage, it was horrific. The very, it was, it was possibly no. the worst five minutes of my life. No, the worst four minutes of my life. And I, I'm not kidding. So the first minute was good. I improvised, but the remaining four was the material. And it's just, they literally, um, what happens is if you go over time or if your jokes are just horrific, or they just play you off. They play the music and you have to walk off. Um, that's that's to say get off the stage and that's what happened to me god you know it's funny oh well that that story isn't funny but I've heard of like established comedians and by that I mean comedians who've been doing it for 15 plus years and they yeah. all have that same story of mm. you know sometimes it's happened to them multiple times getting booed off and sometimes getting booed off on the Apollo <laughs> stage 
and yeah. that's like <laughs> hundreds of audiences. So yeah. obviously in good company. Farah, what was your entry point into comedy? Well, I have to say one thing that Akwesi was a big part of it because he kind of, seeing him do it kind of gave me the confidence to say, hey, if look, if Akwesi can do it, uh, I can do it um, for sure. So I'll, I have to give him credit there because um, we both, when he decided, he, I was actually in the room when he made the decision to start comedy. And I told him that same day that I would start at the same time as him. And then I just chickened out and didn't do anything for four years. So um, what got me started in comedy, I've always loved comedy. Like, like I mentioned, me and Akwesi have just been, I've always been a student of comedy. I just used to write jokes for the sake of writing jokes, but never perform them because I just love the art form. When the pandemic hit, something clicked in my head that I wanted to kind of, uh, the world kind of seemed like it was about to end in a weird way. And I felt like I hadn't accomplished anything that I wanted to or enough of the things that I wanted to. So my goal moving into this year especially was to try or to do everything that I was too scared to do over the last 35 years of my life, um, but also finish the things that I promised that I would finish. So that's pretty much why we did this show, because we've been germinating over it for almost two years. Um, and also why I started doing comedy this year, because I, yeah, I just told myself I'm not going to chicken out anymore and I'm just going to give it a shot. Um, the reason I was laughing at a, at a question when he was telling me that story is because if you see how, how far he's come in the last four years, it's, it's laughable. Like it's just a part of his origin, origin story. I just find it amusing because this year he sold out three shows and they were amazing Yay. shows. So that first show, that first show he did that, you know, caused him all that anxiety is, is just like a little tiny moment, a speck of dust in his story. So it's hilarious to me when he tells me that story. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive. That's what I'm trying to tell people. No, 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 no. It's funny. It is fu- like, it's, it's actually <laughs> funny. I, I, I want people to laugh at that because I want people to actually know that whatever it is that you are scared of, it can propel you. 100%. As I get older, the way I look at mistakes isn't the same as I did when I was younger. Yes. So for me now, yes. like when I, when I make a mistake or when I, um, an opportunity doesn't work out, I always think, Okay, so what was the learning? Like, what was the um? It's always yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, what am I? What am I taking away from this missed opportunity? And that sometimes it's me realizing that that opportunity wasn't for me. That later yeah. on I realize I wasn't ready, or it's a situation that thankfully I didn't get myself into. Or sometimes it's like, what do I need to work on better? When you're so disappointed about something, that's also a way of knowing this is clearly something I'm passionate about because why am I yes. so disappointed about it? Yes, so, true. And mm-hmm. one thing I'd love for both of you to get into is the behind the scenes of making comedy because I think a lot of people assume that to be a comedian, all you do is get up on stage, grab uh, the mic yeah. and talk <laughs> your shit. But there's more yeah. to that. Can you tell us what goes into creating a show? Yeah, um, I guess it's very, very interesting Um I listened to a, I think a professional actor. I think it was an actor and he was talking about how people just see the end product and they're like, oh man, you're amazing. And no one sees all the hard work that goes Mm. in the background. All you see is in the Olympics, this guy runs a hundred meters once or yeah, once in the final and he just dominates and everyone's like, wow. Mm. Um, Mm. But there's so much hard work. Like right now, I am after this, I'll probably go to an open mic night where I'm going to work on material. So this material that I'm working on, I've been working on it over and over again, and it's just not 
um, sitting perfectly. But I know for, I, I'm confident that within a month, I'll have this, it's only five minutes or maybe mm. a month or two, I'll have this joke set. So I don't wow. know if you saw me um, with my beard. My beard is, um, it's gone gray. And <laughs> my joke is that, uh, I'm giving you one of the punchlines, but I'm just saying that uh, one of the jokes is that my fa- I'm watching my face being colonized. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically I'm giving you a little bit of punchline there. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is um, there's a lot of hard work. So there's a lot of writing. You write the joke out. I've got a special, I've got my own specific way of writing jokes. I'll, I don't write the jokes initially. I'll pick like um, uh, I went to the gym today, something funny happened. I'll write all the facts down. I don't try to be funny initially. And then from there, I try to include the jokes and um, use analogies and just all kinds of things like that. And then you go down stage and you work on it over and over and over again. And most of the times it doesn't work in the beginning, but then you see which parts you can improve on and the parts that you can remove. So what happens is you put a whole, you put, you write a lot and you say a lot on stage and then you start to cut the fat out of it so the best jokes mm-hmm. are the ones where you use the least amount of words right that makes right. sense so, yeah true so it's for an example interesting, it's an interesting process yeah i'm so glad you shared that because i listen to a lot of podcasts by comedians and when i hear them talk about all the work that goes into it i'm like this is actually an art form this is work like any other job it's obviously mm. different hours but the same amount of sweat and labor that goes to it is still there. So y'all, I'm a big fan of like listicles and, you know, having a top five. So we'll start with Farah. Farah, who would be your either like top three or maybe top five or even top one comedian? And maybe you could sort of also talk about what it is about their that you appreciate. <laughs> Oh man, okay. It's, that's it's a tough one because it's like it's, it's like honestly t- saying your, who's your favorite child. I knew you were gonna say that, <laughs> and I could probably answer that question. I could probably answer that question too, but let me not do that on, on, in public. <laughs> uh, I definitely say that there are some some comedians that just uh, hit me the right way. Um, mm. That always that no matter when when I watch them, uh, I'm not trying to reach for the laugh. That I just laugh. Uh, Dave Chappelle, easy. That's a, that's a given. Um, he, and the reason I love Dave Chappelle is number one, he's, he's now, he's more seasoned, he's more mature and he does tell way more mature jokes, but I just love the fact that he used to be. So I used to love his stupid humor. It came from a place of, at a time when hip hop was also kind of, uh, they were creating music that would distract you. Comedy was a, a, a distraction back then rather than being as political as it is now. But even now as a political comedian or when he's more serious, he still makes me laugh um, because he always finds a way to make everything look stupid. Uh, Tony Woods, who's a big influence of of Dave Chappelle, um, I think he's one of the funniest comedians ever. And one of the reasons I love him the most is because he doesn't write jokes. So everything that he does up on stage, he just does from the top of his dome. And I find that to be crazy when you see someone do something like that, it's so magical because it's like a quest. He said, it's a painstaking process, writing a joke and performing it in front of people. But he goes out there and just does jokes from the top of his head. And if they hit, they hit, if they don't, they don't. But um, 95% of the time he always hits. Um, but I'm going to steal one from, from a We have a, we have a joint uh, favorite, which is a Patrice O'Neill. <gasps> Me 
And I, I'm going to let a Kwesi talk to you about Patrice O'Neill because Patrice O'Neill is like he He's stands for O'Neill. So. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, RIP um, for sure. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to just throw one out there. I'm going to say uh, a female comedian, one of my favorites of all time is Sarah Silverman. I love her. She makes me giggle like a, like a, like a, like a kid. And she's always pushing the boundaries. I love comedians that push the boundaries. Her and Bill Burr kind of sit there in that realm for me. So mm-hmm. the fifth comedian for me will be Bill Burr. They're always looking at how society views things and um, kind of putting the mirror up to society and showing people how stupid that they think all the time, but in a very humorous way. And again, that's something I appreciate. When you when you push the boundaries and you crush it, you deserve to be celebrated as a comedian. And Akwasi, do you have a top two, top three? Yeah, oh, I, I do. I, I guess the top two would be, oh, let me give you a few. <laughs> I'll give you Patrice O'Neill, uh, like uh, Faz just mentioned. Now, that guy is by far he's he's the best he's the best he just talked about issues as a matter of fact he just told you what came from his gut so it's not that he's trying to be mean and it's not that he was trying to be um either gross or disgust he was just he said things from his gut and most of the things they talked about was relationships men and women and Mm. he would say he would he would explain why women do things and he would explain why men do things and it's not like he's trying to uh, create something he's just saying it is what it is pay attention to what it is and make it work for you he's he was just fantastic because we all see see what did i say a big show or what we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of diaspora blues in case you missed our guests info deeds sarak's podcast is available on soundcloud at honesty policy urban comedy slam is on facebook and instagram at urban comedy slam one word and you can hit us up on instagram at 3cr.diasporablues and listen to this episode and previous episodes on our 3cr page at 3cr.org.au slash diasporablues that's it from me i need to get out i am a young shirwa and i hope to see you next week you've been listening to a 3cr podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3cr in melbourne australia For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.